June 4, 1974. The Texas Rangers are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Indians, now known, of course, as the Cleveland Guardians. And what was supposed to be the first of a three-game series turned out to just be complete and utter fucking chaos. This game became infamous in what many fans and journalists now call the worst idea ever in baseball, a.k.a. 10-cent beer night. What took place prior to this chaotic night? Who thought it was a good idea to give 25,164 fans cheap and unlimited alcohol? What was the titty-to-ween ratio for the naked streakers? The most important of those questions. All those questions answered, of course, and more on this week's Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the crowd. Pour me a drink while I watch Uncle Fink run balls out across the pitcher's mound at the old ball game. <coughs> Edition of Sports Tales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all you handsome gentlemen, all you lovely gentle ladies, and everybody and anybody in between. Welcome to Sports Tales. As always, I'm your jester slash curator, only known as Jack, for this turbid tale. Before I start, the audio might sound a bit different. I'm using my gaming headset to try to make it sound a bit better. I realized last week sounded a bit gross, so I'm going to try to use some sort of microphone. As always, to keep up with Sports Tales news, or just to keep up with me, I'm on Twitter at jjester615. However, I'm most active on my TikTok, which you can find at JackieBoySports. At the time of this recording, we are sitting at 779 followers, which I am absolutely stoked about. Is it much? No, but it could fill 80% of my high school auditorium. So, you know what? It's a goddamn win for me, and you shut your mouth! That was hostile, I apologize. Tell me what you think of the new audio, by the way. Tweet at me, or just comment on my TikToks. I'm sorry for yelling. I feel bad about it. One last thing. I'll be calling the Cleveland Indians just Cleveland. I've debated, 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 debated. The fuck is a debate? Debate! Jesus. I've debated. God damn, did Lucifer just come out of you? I've debated it back and forth, and to avoid any chance of being called a dick. I will just be saying Cleveland. Alright, alright, I've rambled enough, you don't want to hear more of the rambling, so let's dive right into our topic. Now our story actually starts off six days before our infamous event. Infamous is a big word that I just learned, so I might use it quite a bit. I apologize in advance, I just like the little things. May 29th, 1974, Cleveland has traveled down to Arlington, Texas to face the Texas Rangers in the third of a three-game series. See, it all starts off in the fourth inning. 
And before we really get going, I could only find a minute long YouTube video on this, so I apologize if the details are a bit vague. Because <sighs> apparently it's quite difficult to find videos of random baseball games 50 years ago. Pfft, who knew? Second Ranger second baseman Lenny Randall is up to bat. Couple pitches in, one sails right behind his back. It honestly looks like it pops him. And when that happens, he starts to stare down Cleveland pitcher old Bobby Johnson. Like, that shit would have been absolutely catastrophic for my ribs. On God, you're going to pay for that. Don't worry about that phrase, it's from the future. After that, he decides to bunt it. Which, if you're not hip in the baseball lingo, basically a bunt is hitting it a couple feet instead of, you know, a couple hundred yards. Which, considering what happened, I don't think he got told to bunt. See, what usually happens is your third base coach, or at least when I played, which was, you know, a year in Little League, so, you know, fuck me. Your third base coach pretty much lets you know what's going on, what he's planning, and how to bunt. So, you don't usually bunt when you don't get told to. But, he bunts it and starts beelining for first. But of course, old Bobby Dick's gotta be a hero, runs up, grabs the ball, and BOOM! Oh, God almighty! That was a terrible Jim Ross impression. Lenny literally took out every bit of anger from every inch of his body in old Bobby Dickey. It was fucking gorgeous. This was Ray Lewis hitting your grandmother. This was Hulk Hogan clotheslining your baby sister, Sarah. It was so good, and I want this to happen so often in baseball. So knocks dude clean on his ass and just keeps running. That's the best part. He knocks dude and acts like never feels him. Dude falls, does a fucking flip in front of the mound, and he just keeps running. Of course, Cleveland first baseman John Ellis said, uh, nah and tackles Lenny, raining punches down onto him, and both dugouts clear before punches, elbows, managers thrown by their jacket. Fucking beautiful anarchy surrounds first base. As you can tell, I like violence. The fans, of course, were like, Oi! He just bodied our pitcher like that. Should we do anything? So threats are being shouted. Fans are wasting $4 beer by pouring it over players. Eventually, all of this gets calmed down. Play resumes, and the Rangers win 3-0. Again, this happened not even a week before our topic, so fans and players uh, still might have had a little bit of a grudge against each other. So, on to the infamous night. Whose idea was it to sell beer at only 10 cents a pop? Which, I did the math, not in my own head, I'm not going to take credit for that. Actually, you know what, I will. I'm that bit of a fucking genius, as you can tell from the way I read my script. 10 cents now is 57 cents. In, yeah. <laughs> so, two beers for a dollar, roughly, fucking golden, right? When normally now what, a pint would be seven, eight dollars? Fucking ridiculous. But surprising enough, this was not a new promotion. 
Many teams held their own version of Tencent Beer Night. Cleveland even had a nickel beer day back in 1971. The promotion was constantly boosting ticket sales, so in reality, it really wasn't that bad of an idea. The issue is, the fans didn't really like the Rangers. Adding on to the brawl I talked about, a Cleveland reporter, after the May 29th game, asked Rangers manager Billy Martin, Are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? Talking about them going into Cleveland on June 4th. To which Martin replied, Nah, or here, I'll do it in his accent. <clears throat> nah, they won't have enough fans there to worry about. Oh, Billy. Oh, sweet, sweet Billy. You are severely mistaken. While Cleveland averaged around 13,756 fans across that season, 25,134 fans showed up to our game. Almost 12,000 more fans than usual. Already pissed from the brawl. Also pissed from old Billy's remarks. Given an unlimited amount of cheap alcohol, shit, meat fan. So how did this go down? By the way, before I get going, that 12,000 over the average was a severe factor in understaffing, especially in the security, <laughs> especially in the security, because, you know, you are expecting 13,000 and 25,000 show up. The security guards are going to be like, fuck. So, how did this night go down? Let me start by saying it's so fucking hard to find a coherent timeline of this night. So many different articles either jumble all the events together or just contradict what another article said. Ah, American fucking media. That being said, I've given up putting together a timeline before the ninth inning, so let me just share the different situations that happened throughout the night. Through all the articles, what is agreed upon that happened first was a woman ran onto the field, flashing the crowd her whammers, before trying to kiss the umpire Nestor... Oh my god, the fucking names again. What was the name I was struggling with last week? Jurgensen. I think I finally got it. Sonny Jurgensen. The, the fuck is this dude's name? Nestor, I get. And that is a very old-timey name. Who names their fucking kid Nestor? That's a, that's a sexual innuendo. Now, come on, baby. They call me the Nestor. Gross. But C-H-Y-L-A-K? Shylak? That's the best guess I'm going to give. Shylak? Which, honestly, that's a badass name. Not going to lie. But, as it goes for the girl uh, flashing the crowd, as a guy, and most women will agree, is that really that bad? Just, just showing a little nipple, you know what I'm saying? Now that was followed by a man hopping the fence and streaking across the third baseline as Ranger Tom Grieve hit his second home run of the game, which, you know, Titties and cock and balls. Cock and balls in our society is seen as much worse when you're flashing. 
You know what I'm saying? If a woman flashes random people in the park her titties, the officers are probably just going to go, hey, can you fucking not? But if a man has his cock and balls out in the park, the officers are going to tackle and tase him. I would never want to tackle a guy running naked. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be terrified of where my hands are actually going to go. Well, I, ta- I might do it on purpose, actually. Put on a glove and be like, Oh, he was struggling, so like three fingers just slipped in his ass. <laughs> Anyways, after that, a father and son ran into center field and mooned the crowd. I hope the son was of age. I really do. With all this chaos, I'm going to think the father was responsible and didn't let like his nine-year-old run out onto the field and moon the crowd. Because you already know, again, they saw cock and balls. Like, these guys probably touched them toes, you know what I'm saying? So I hope that father was responsible enough to take his of-age son. Imagine a father telling his son to go streaking on the field. I hope he was responsible, you know? Uh, Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins, that's one of the easiest names I have on this thing, and I can't get it right. And why do you name your kid Ferguson? That's a last name. Can we have some form of stable society? But he gets hit with a line drive in the stomach. As he is on his knees, the fans start chanting, Hit him again! Hit him again! Harder! Harder! Fucking drunken assholes. It's kind of funny, though. If I was on the Cleveland's bench, I would have started laughing. I'm not going to lie to you. But if I was on the Rangers' bench, I'd be like, you fucking dickbags. I mean, all we did was fight the guy, right? All we did was knock your pitcher five feet, fucking Kamehameha-ya. Kamehameha-ya! I'm sorry. But all of that is just minor offenses, right? I mean, nothing would get physical or dangerous, right? Well, that was the thought before fans started shooting fireworks into the Rangers' bullpen. Yeah, they were throwing firecrackers and shooting fireworks into the Rangers' dugout. Well, my notes say bullpen, bullpen dugout. I believe that's two separate things. I'm not that baseball inclined but how the fuck did they get those in the first place how do you sneak fireworks and firecrackers into a baseball field is that what the world was like pre 9-11 and mass shootings every week what a world i kind of wish i lived in it actually i don't for anybody that's like a cop or works for the government i don't i love all the restrictions completely and totally (laughs) All of this comes to head in the ninth inning. The Rangers are leading 5-3. Cleveland is up to bat with two runners on. All of a sudden, two fans come sprinting out onto the field. Umpires, of course, are crying softly to themselves. They run up to Rangers outfielder Jeff Burrows. Kind of like Joey Burrow, but it's spelled like, like beaver burrows into the ground. Why the fuck did I pick beaver? Beavers don't burrow. They build a dam. They're respectable construction workers. But they try to take this motherfucker's hat. And as Jeff turns, he trips. And old Billy Martin, the fucking 
Rangers manager sees this as a call to action. So the Rangers clear out the dugout, and some of them even pick up bats to go, this manager is so fed up with this crowd that he looks to some of his players and goes, yeah, grab a bat. Grab a fucking bat. Yeah, like they're a motorcycle gang in the 1950s. Like you borrowed money from Johnny a couple weeks ago and haven't paid it back. I swear to God. <clears throat> See, the fans were like, aha, you got weapons? Adorable. So some fans pulled out knives, chains, and even portions of the stadium seats they had ripped off. Oh my fucking God. Shit went from zero to a hundred real fucking quick. Knives, chains, and portions of the stadium seats they had ripped off. What did they put in this fucking Coors Light? What the fuck are they putting in this? I swear to God. Oh, but what was Cleveland's bench doing, you asked? Well, manager Kevin Aspermonte, dude, your fucking name is something I take to cure diarrhea. Fuck you. That's awfully hostile. Realizing some of the uh, Rangers players' lives were in danger, told his players to start grabbing bats and help them out. So you had the home team and the opposing team fighting fans together. Honestly, I can't think of a better bonding experience between two teams. Two teams grabbing baseball bats and beating the shit <laughs> out of some drunk assholes that decided to charge the field. That's sports poetry right there. The base, Some bases were stolen and never returned. Rioters pelted the players with cups, rocks, bottles, hot dogs, fucking radio batteries, popcorn containers, and folding chairs. These fans were literally looking around and fucking MacGyvering it. I was born after MacGyver, so I apologize if that's a little inaccurate. But they literally just looked to their left and was like, I can fucking throw this and fuck these guys for trying to put a, you know, a decent game on. Jesus. Now, Joe Tate and Herb Score, who called the game on Cleveland Radio, noted the lack of police protection, and a riot squad eventually showed up and ended the brawl. See, most sports events that have brawls in them are usually settled. If a literal <laughs> if a literal riot squad has to show up to end the brawl, it's pretty fucking bad. It's 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 beyond out of control. Quick little story that I was actually just reminded of. So, in Tennessee, we have a team called the Nashville Storm. It's a little minor league team, right? And I went to a game of theirs, and they kicked the shit out of this other team. I forgot what the other team was, but it was like 60 to zip by the third quarter, right? Absolutely dog-walking them. Well, play happens, and I, I forget what happened. All I remember was there was a hit, and then just this giant brawl between players. 
on the field. Punches being thrown, elbows, people throwing, threats, fucking everything, right? At a fucking minor league game. Come on, y'all aren't even getting paid for this shit. You want to be NFL players. I get it. You're stuck in the minor league. I get the grudge, but let's calm down. And the reason I say calm down was because the coaches and refs weren't able to do it. So next thing I know, I just hear the sound of a fucking taser. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! This shit is nuts! And I look on the field, because I was talking to my dad, and these motherfuckers had surrounded the brawl with about 10-foot poles with tasers on the end. Oh, and to add to it, it was fucking raining! It was raining, and they brought out tasers as fucking crowd control. Oh my god! Game was called in a forfeit, by the way. I believe that game was called in a forfeit. It was already 60 to nothing. And they were like, alright, brawl happened. Let's fucking march their ass back. Fun game, though. Fun game to go to. Much more fun than the Titans game I went to. I'll tell you all that story at another time. But the reason it was so fun was because, you know, they had to bring out fucking 10-foot tasers to, to control these motherfuckers. <coughs> Anyways, in the end, the game was called as a forfeit, giving the Rangers the victory. So many hurt. And depending on where you read, anywhere from 9 to 13 fans arrested for, you know, destruction of property, assault, and a whole lot of other shit that they deserved. Lee McPhail, I'm so sorry, you're an Irish failure. Haha, <laughs> that was so fucking cheap. McPhail, the American League president, said of the game, there was no question that beer played a part in the riot. Uh, yeah, thank you for that, Lee. And on to our next story, uh, freshly wet dirt makes mud. I swear. I, I take back admitting that was a cheap shot on your last name. You're a fucking moron. Oh, a bunch of angry fans charged the stadium on a cheap unlimited beer night. You don't... You think... You think that, Lee? Thank you for your valuable input. The president of the American League. I swear to God. Cleveland ran this promotion a couple more times throughout the years. However, instead of unlimited beers, they just limited it to four. So what we learned today? Well, something that's completely obvious. Do not give a bunch of pissed off sports fans access to cheap and unlimited alcohol. You might get into a very, very dangerous situation that causes fucking riot police to break up the party. And no one wants a bunch of party poopers. So fans, be responsible. Teams, learn to read the room. And we can all enjoy a couple beers and a decent game. That's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed Chapter 2 of our little storybook. If you made it this far, thank you so much. And even if you started listening and gave me a try, thank you so much. I appreciate all the love and support I get on the daily. I'm always working to better my content. I won't waste your time anymore. I'll get out of here. Any questions, tweet me 
at gesturej615 and follow me on TikTok at JackieBoySports to get my takes on more modern sports situations or any skits I think of, anything of that nature. I love y'all. Y'all be safe this weekend. This is Jack, your jester, signing out.